Welcome back, my fellow creatives. We are here with another new release from the library because I love libraries. We got to support our libraries and libraries are a wonderful place to check the first chapter of various books to see if those first chapters are going to hook us as readers for as writers we are told we've got to hook our readers in that first chapter or they're not going to catch on which is why this podcast is called you've got five pages to tell me it's good because as we have been told as writers we've got five pages sometimes even five paragraphs five sentences to get our readers attention so let us see if quan berries when I'm gone, look for me in the east, is going to adequately catch our attention. Now, I do like, because I did not know this author or this book, and I do like when I glance at the um, inside of the dust jacket for the blurb, uh, from the acclaimed author of We Ride Upon Sticks, a luminous novel that moves across a windswept Mongolia as estranged twin brothers make a journey of duty, conflict, and renewed understanding. Now, I only mention this because I myself am a mother of identical twin boys, and this book features identical twin boys. I didn't actually pick it for that reason. I didn't know that until I was waiting for my internet to connect. <laughs> I saw that, so that was a little happy accident there. And... Um, I do not know about this author, but I love trying new settings, trying new time periods with uh, these different stories. And so I'm excited to be transported to Mongolia and see what these brothers need to be doing in their journey across their country. Let us go to the first chapter then and see what we can learn in these first couple of pages. Chapter one. Either you get to Ulaanbaatar by sundown, or you don't. Well, that already establishes some stakes right there. Um, part one, listen without distraction. Outside the post office in Boerurt, a handful of men clump around a pool table, its felt top sun-ravaged and mangy. The men's faces weathered from living in a world without trees. When I step outside, they stare, each man a finger in a fist, and the one slumped in the ratty camping chair at the head of the table is the thumb. I glance at the digital watch the Rinpoche hands me last night. Sorry. Its plastic band already cracked, the thing used. I know it is a necessity that I must have it for the places I am to journey to in my search that must not fail. Nevertheless, I feel like one of the wild horses foreign researchers shoot down with arrow guns, the animals succumbing so that the researcher can fix the radio collar around its neck, the collar eventually becoming a part of the body. After just a few hours in the July light, the skin around my wrist is already somewhat paler than the rest of me, though like the planets and the summer sun, nothing is permanent let's stop here that's that's the first paragraph now once again a thing i have seen here that consistently works 
for readers and writers alike is to have an opening that is both descriptive and active. So we have here a very clear sense of a group of men and the pool table and what the pool table looks like, and also the fact that they are clumped together and that at a pool table, we are, are we as readers fill in the gaps of people playing pool. So we already have some motion. Plus in the second sentence, you have the act of staring. Again, an action. And um, and that one is slumped in a ratty camping chair. Oh man, it's, it's almost every camping chair I've had in Wisconsin. Um, we also have a, something of a sense of the time here. And again, I didn't read much. The blurb I read for you the dust jacket, that's all I've read. I did not want to give myself too much info before starting this first chapter. So from this first paragraph, I am getting a sense of 20th century, but this could be an a fair chunk of the 20th century because of the radio collars and the digital watch. So we can still be in anything of the, you know, 80s, 90s, early aughts. I mean, those collars are still being put on. I know nowadays they're using smaller tags, but for a long time, the radio collars on animals. So we have a sense of a time here. We're not talking 1700s. We are definitely in the 1900s at the earliest. Back to the story. It is 10 in the morning. The main road through Borurt periodically billows with dust as a breeze blows through town. The men stare at me and then look away. Someone spits in the dirt. Hidden in the folds of my robe, there is a bag filled with more two grog. Pardon if I'm not using those umlauts correctly. Uh, than they earn in six months or even a year if the winter is harsh. Normally, they would be out on the grasslands out watching their flocks or herding them in for one of the two daily milkings. But today they drive them many kilometers into Borurt on their motorbikes to bring their wives in to do the shopping. The men huddle idly around the table as men often do as they wait for women. Men with time on their hands, looking to establish their status among their own kind. I step out of the post office and their faces fall. I am not what they want. I am a novice of the Yataguan Gaul Monastery, a monk who lives in the shadow of the sleeping volcano. As it is mid-morning, the mail truck I am to ride to Ulaanbaatar on the first stage of my journey is not scheduled to arrive for hours. Thirteen hundred years ago, Shantideva, Shantideva, Shantivi, Shanti, I apologize, my Midwestern lax tongue here. Shantideva tells us the only source of happiness in the universe is the cherishing of the other. Silently, I approach the table and nod. Brother, boom, oh, I'm sorry. Brother, booms the one enthroned in the camping chair. He is sitting with his legs spread wide, a toothpick in his fingers as he works at his teeth. Something in the lackadaisical yeah. <laughs> arrangement of his limbs reminds me of Moon. Moon's long ha black hair, often loose like a horse's mane. 
I only play for money, the man says. A good policy, I say. I lay 2,000 well, units of their currency on the table. Ten minutes later, I can tell the others do not know who to root for. The one who sits outside the post office each day looking to deprive the local herdsmen of their money, or me, a young monk from Yatu Gol in his simple red robe. My body wavers like a flame in the summer heat. On the faded table, the balls roll and crack like stars. Now let's end here, because this is the end of the first section of this chapter. First of all, I think it's an interesting juxtaposition here to have the billiard balls being um, aligned with stars, with something cosmic. And I mean, so often we can uh, associate a spherical shape with a similar spherical shape. So maybe balls to planets, but with stars and the fact that they're cracking and striking one another, that's almost like a, an, apop, an apocal, uh, apocalyptic vision, which is very interesting, um, considering these uh, serenity and peace otherwise of the moment. Um, the fact that he, fact that this monk is going to gamble <laughs> at the pool table, though it sounds like it's just to bide the time and that's the one thing he can do. Um, but I, it's a, that's another fun juxtaposition where it's like you don't expect that of a monk. You expect, and and, and apparently, um, the the king on his ratty camp chair of the pool table, he wasn't expecting that either. And that's why I told the monk, he's like, I only play for money. And, and then the monk just put some money down. So that was a really nice little bit of personality for us to get on the, on the protagonist part. Now, we are from the protagonist point of view here. So there's always the risk with writing from that perspective. Um, as a reader, it means we only are going to see things from that person's point of view. And we cannot always trust our narrator. I, the unreliable narrator is a wonderful writing device, but it can be overdone. And that's why it just Im immediately makes me antsy when we are first person, because it's like, oh, right. Can I tr trust the person that's telling the story or not? And for a lot of people, they like that kind of questioning. They like that uncertainty. As a writer, I, it makes me nervous because I feel like that strategy can be exploited and or overused. So I'm a little reticent right now. But otherwise, I mean, the prose is, is very beautiful. I wish I could speak the terminology properly. Um, and we have a sense of place through just this one little location. By seeing the men gathered around the pool table, we can get a feel for the society, get a feel for the um, atmosphere, the ambience of the moment. And that's always a better way to go than some exposition dump. Like, this is what Mongolia is like. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> we, and we don't have to. The writer did not have to at all. They were able to say a lot with this one snapshot of a moment. Let's see what we can get out of another two pages here.
This section is called, In the Universe's Eternal Calendar, It Is Always Now. And I am transported back to my metaphysics class. Okay! Now there is only the black ball remaining for me to sink. The thing a hole rumbling in space. Okay. Alright, that structure really threw me off. At the other end of the table, my opponent draws heavily on the cigarette he lights after I sink three in a row. He stands smoking with the toothpick still wedged in his teeth, eyeing the two balls he has left on the table. The angle of my final shot is not an easy one. Earlier, the second ball I pocket is a spectacular combination shot, the men all gasping as it rolls in. As there is no chalk, I rub the tip of my stick in the dirt. My opponent is breathing hard. It is proving to be an exciting game. Should he lose, there is no reason for him to hang his head. Oddly enough, a loss could be good for business. Once word gets out, normally reticent herdsmen might begin to saunter up and lay down their hard-earned, insert currency name, thinking he is beatable. I wonder if he has a wife and children. I wonder why he chooses a life in town, the town consisting of a few hundred people and a series of dusty buildings constructed in the blocky Russian style, when everything beautiful is far from here. I clear my mind and lean in, the stick and extension of my body. In the silence, Uvu's two favorite sayings come to me. The world is what we make it. And a man's dreams are the most real part of him. I wish I could say the name of that person saying. My grandfather with his thick limp broken. My grandfather with his thick limp, his broken teeth, his eyes forever scanning the horizon. I draw my arm back and send the universe scattering. The cue ball goes spinning erratically off the eight, a comet colliding with an asteroid. More cosmic imagery here. Collectively, we watch the white ball roll toward a pocket. Life is suffering. Everywhere mercy and the power of mercy. I exhale, and the cue ball falls in. The men cheer. My opponent smiles. Very nice game, he says. Because I am a monk, as a formality, he offers me back my, my 2,000. But I bow, and he stuffs the bills in his shirt. Brother, how do you play so well? Someone asks. I do not tell him the truth that this is my first game ever. I think of Moon, my brother, with his hair braided down to his shoulders in the old style, sworn, old style worn by the horsemen of Chinggis Khan. If I close my eyes... I can see one of Moon's braids skimming the table as he bends down to survey a shot. Each day, Antiatu Gol's morning puja, in my mind's eye, Moon on his golden cushion, silently reminding me we are all Chinggis Khan's wandering descendants. Every last one of us. I turn toward my questioner. Even under his hat, the work of years in the summer sun is obvious. I imagine the simple life this man leads out on the grasslands, the smell of sheep and the milk hardening on the roof, but nothing is ever simple. Once you are bitten by a snake, you become cautious of rope. I tell the man an approximation of the truth. 
in another life, I say. Then I walk to the community center in the town's one larch tree, and I plant myself beneath it with nothing but a bag of money and a half-written letter wrapped up in the folds of my robe and wait for my destiny to claim me. Listen closely. Today may be the year 2015, the month July, but in the universe's eternal calendar, it is always now. What every moment of sentience for the past 23 years teaches me, there is one thing and one thing only. Suffering and the end of suffering. This is the true journey. Everything else is bait. I place myself on the earth with the intention of rising up rooted like a tree. There is definitely an inner journey happening here as well as the external journey. And while we do not have the brother present, we feel him already for this protagonist is constantly thinking of his, of his brother. And while we don't have time to read the next section, I just wanted to share its title. When the only hope is a boat and there is no boat. <laughs> it just, well, that already sounds like that journey has problems. So it's a, the prose is beautiful. The imagery is there. While the stakes are uncertain, we do have a need. There is a need here. The protagonist must move forward. And they know it. And they are waiting for their moment to start. And while they are not afraid to use what little they have, for he says he's just got a bag of money. That's all he's got. And he's got to cross Mongolia to get to that town. He's willing to share it with others. And even when he has the opportunity to regain what he's lost, he accepts the loss. So that says something about the honor and um, decency of our protagonist. We're still wondering about what that other life is. And we're still wondering about Moon. We're still wondering about that twin brother. There are a lot of questions here. But the basic need to achieve that journey, to, to complete that journey, that need is very clear. And for a lot of us who are trying to figure out where we're going and what we need to do, we can all relate to that kind of journey. So just maybe Quanberries when I'm gone, look for me in the East is the kind of journey you need to take your inner creative on. And we'll see what journey we get to take next week with the next new release. So until then, read on, share on, and write on, my friends. Cheers.